So today we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue our series. Does anybody remember what our series is? We, yeah, we the church joined together. And one week we talked about what does it mean to be one body, right? Duncan talked about the gifts of the spirit. And then we had Aaron that talked about serving the local church. And then we had um, Jonathan that came in and talked about being a family on mission. But today when I want to talk to you about the title of today's message is, Are You in Position? Positioning is very important to the Lord, I can assure you, right? It's like um, my sister-in-law got married and, you know, we all have a sweet spot, don't we? Thank you. Come on, guys. Stay with me here. So we, we all have a sweet spot, right? And my sister-in-law, she asked me to... Uh, direct her wedding and my friend Sarah helped me. But at one part, she was like, I asked you to do this because I know you're going to be really enthusiastic. And there's this one part where, um, where we're going to be slow dancing and, um, and then we're going to go straight into a fast song. And so I want to do like a flash mob where everybody can just jump on the floor at the same time. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. So you know me, I was like, come on, I'm going to rally the troops and we're going to, you know, we're going to do this. And, um, at that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm in my sweet spot. I know it sounds silly, but it was like, at that moment, I was like, like, I love this. Like, I'm like, it sounds silly, but like, I'm created for this, you know? And I think sometimes we need to understand what the target is for our lives. Like, what is our position? Like, what is it that God has created us to be, Right. And so, you know, I think about my daughter, Devin, who, you know, I come from a long line of people in the music industry. My uncle Lee was a choreographer for the Rockettes in New York City. My dad was a musician. My daughter, Devin, she is a vocalist in Nashville, and she is an engineer. And when I went to see her, and she was up there, and she was, like, singing a massive crowd, and, like, she's just commanding the audience. She's super talented. And, but she was in her sweet spot. She was in the target that God had for her at that very moment. But based on the gifting that we have, based on the way we steward that gift, will depend on the fruit of it. So she has music lessons and the voice lessons over and over. I mean, for years. But she understands what her sweet spot is. My daughter Lisa, she's a hairdresser. Wave, Lisa. Yeah, hi, Lisa. They're here. Isn't that awesome? Okay, her and her friend JJ surprised me today. But like, it's her sweet spot. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that we all have a sweet spot. We have positioning. Positioning is important to the Lord. We have position in the spirit. We have position in the natural, right? We have position in the spirit realm and we have position in the natural. So The Bible says in Ephesians that we are seated in heavenly places. So if positioning wasn't important to the Lord, if he didn't care about where we were positioned, he wouldn't tell us that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, right? Because of Jesus, we're supernatural beings, right? And we position ourselves with Christ in the heavenly realm. We position ourselves in authority, right? Our position is we cast out devils, we raise the dead, we heal the sick, right? We release prophetic words at our job. That's right, Antoine. We release prophetic words at our job. We pastor our neighbor. God positions us, right? And we are able to receive all everything that Jesus has in the heavenly realm. If we learn to steward it, 
If we learn to how to, to walk in that, we have that opportunity. So one thing that I want to explain to you is that the sweet spot is not just in the fivefold ministry. The sweet spot is in what God created us to do individually. Today, we're going to talk about the office of the fivefold ministry. We're going to talk about what does maturity look like in an office? I think that's important. And how do we as the church, how do we receive from that office and flourish? Okay, so Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I want you to really get this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart to be a prophet to the nations. So what he's saying here is before you were even in your mother's stomach, I knew you. It's radiant. I love it. (laughs) Before I created you, Kim, in your mother's womb, I already knew what, what I put in your life. I want you to wrap your hearts around this because this is for everybody, not just for Jeremiah. I remember when we were working with Emma Stark and she had given me this word about the prophetic and then the Lord was speaking to me about Rochelle. You know what? Like you're supposed to, you know, be a prophet in the office of a prophet. And I was like, (laughs) first I was like, wow, Lord. Wow, thank you. Um, um, thank you for that, or, or something like, you know, thank you for telling me that. And then he stops me and he goes, Rochelle, I didn't just tell you that. You're just remembering what I already told you before you were born. That's deep, y'all. I was just remembering what he already told me. He wasn't even telling me again. I was just remembering what he already told me. Moses was positioned for destiny. He was the one that was supposed to go to Pharaoh. He was afraid. God brought him what he needed, right, to do the mission that he had to do. He brought him somebody else to help him to speak. But I want you to know that Moses was afraid, and he was afraid to move forward. So if you're concerned about walking out your call, you're in good company with Moses. I mean, he did it, right? So what happens is when our natural position flows with heaven's blueprints, the fire is released. When your natural position and your natural gifting, when you learn to use that gifting and partner it with heaven's plan and heaven's strategy, okay, Lord, I lead worship. Heaven, what are you doing right now? Right? Okay, I'm doing this person's here. Heaven, what are you doing right now? It, you know, I was talking in the first service about this gentleman from Bethel, and he's a chef. This is awesome, you guys. He's a chef, and he is, like, really prophetic, and I think he went to the School of Supernatural Ministry there, but he's prophetic, right? And so he's learned the, the, learned that and studied that. And so now in his, in his place, he literally gets, like, these recipes for salads that are so weird. It's like, I don't know what's in it, but they're like, what is this? He's like, I got, this is like a heavenly creation. I mean, it's awesome, you guys. My friend Laura, she's a prophetic artist, and she was telling me about how I went to visit her and like all her art set. I'm like totally amazed. And she's like, what do you see there? And I'm like, I thought she was going to tell me this is what it is, right? She's like, what do you see there? And I'm like, 
well, I see like this cloud of witnesses or whatever. She goes, you know, I, I know you said that. She goes, but people come over here and they get so drunk in the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to fix this. They get so drunk in the Holy Spirit and they can't drive home. And so they lay here on the sofa and they sleep and they have encounters with the images that are in this picture. Not crazy. Right? So the, the point that I'm saying is it's not just about the office. It's about every aspect of our gifting. What would it be like if we were so full of fire and we were destiny incubators and whatever it was that our passion was, that it was partnered with the fire of the Holy Spirit? I'm serious. Can you imagine the hairdos Lisa could do for me? If she, she does awesome now, she does now. You're great, great. But I'm saying that like, can you imagine... Like there'd be pink hair, yellow hair, green hair. There'd be all kinds of things going on, right? Heaven's got a lot of colors. So, so anyway, so Proverbs, Proverbs 20.5 says the purpose of a man's heart is deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. And so what I'm saying is sometimes there's something that's in us that we can't even see ourselves. Sometimes there's something inside of you that you can't even see yourself. You know how it is when like you have a child and like, okay, I'm going to use Lisa, for example. Hey, Lisa, cause you're here. But like Lisa is like in the fashion. Okay. And she totally helps me. Like when I go visit, you know, like she's just, it's just, it's who she is. She doesn't have to work at it. She doesn't have to try to be that. She just has a knack, right? To be able to navigate through that. And so my job as her mother is to say, oh, Lisa, that's great, and then help her and encourage her in the thing that she's great at. And then when we partner those things with heaven, there was a lady, um, I was preaching in New York City with Kate at a conference, and there was a lady there, and I said to her, I said, um, ma'am, I said, I have a word for you, and she stood up, and I said, I'm seeing one of those clotheslines where you hang out the clothes. And I feel like the Lord is saying that you're going to have a, like this clothing line. You're going to get designs from heaven. And she told me afterwards she had just started the clothing line, right? So do you see how that works? So she's, she's checking heaven to say, Lord, what does this look like for us? So today, my heart for you is that the Holy Spirit would search the deep places of your heart and reveal to you what it is that he wants to say to you today. It doesn't matter what our age, it doesn't matter nothing. It just matters that God spoke to you before you were born and there's something he wants to say today. Proverbs 19:21 Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord that prevails. It's his purpose that prevails. So how many of you know that God's purpose is always best? No matter what, it's always best. It's always good. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. His plans are always good. So what would it look like, you guys, if we burned with the plans and purposes of God for us? What would it look like if we knew what he spoke before he formed us? Have you ever had that moment where you're like, you meet somebody and you're like, you meet somebody and you're like, I feel like I know you. Am I the only one? I feel like I'm supposed to connect with you for some reason. Oh, it just so happens this person's connecting me with something, which is connecting me with something, which is leaving me to my purpose. Right? We're supernatural, positioned in the supernatural. So 
I feel like today that the Lord wants to really sharpen us into what the office of the fivefold ministry is and what the office of the fivefold ministry isn't. Okay? Lord, I pray today that we would burn, that we would hear you, that we would respond to your voice, Lord. I pray right now for the fire of the Holy Spirit to come in and burn us. We want to be burned today, Lord. We want to receive your fire today, Lord. We don't want what we have, Lord. I don't want what I have, Lord. I want your fire and your river to flow in Jesus' name. Okay. So we're going to dig into the book of Ephesians, and we're going to talk about what are the offices and what does it mean for us. So remember what I said? We're seated in heavenly places, right? We have a position in heavenly places. We have a personal target. So so when when like Jacob's emceeing or I'm emceeing, we're looking to say, Holy Spirit, what's your target? What's your position? What are your coordinates? Right? What is your target? Okay? So we're going to talk about this. All right. So... Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves blown here and there and by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay, so let's start with verse 1. Okay, you with me? Okay. So what he's saying here is Jesus gave you, say gave me, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor. Okay. So something that Emma Stark has taught Shannon and I in in her emerging prophet school, she said, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, all of these things, they are the gift. I'm like, oh, I don't know that. They are the gift. Sounds a little prideful to me. I'm like, wow. She's like, no, they are the gift. They are from Jesus. It's a heavenly mandate. And it's the, it's the way that they're wired that's the gift to the body of Christ. It is a wiring. It is the way that they are wired. It is the way that they are put together. You know, Emma, when we were applying for her school, she wanted to know how we were wired. You're either, you either have it or you don't. You know, I am not an evangelist. I'll share the gospel, but I don't have the gift to just everywhere I go, people get saved. I don't have that. There are people that have that. I don't have that, right? But the point is, is the way that they're wired is the gift of the body of Christ. You can't change it. It's who they are. It's who they are in their being, right? It's like they don't have to try to be, you know, I don't have to try to be apostolic. I don't have to try to encourage people. It's just who I am, right? I don't have to try. I just do it. I just see you and I'm like, Jacob, you're amazing. Oh my gosh. You guys know me. It's just who I am. I don't have to try Jacob. 
I'm calling forth your destiny right now, Jacob. Stand up, Jacob. Yes, come on, stand up. Yes, actually stand up. See, Yes, I see it. And I say, Jacob, I just see right now the circle of fire around you right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that it's not just him, but for a thousand generations. I see you as a Joshua anointing. I see the fire of God that's all around you. I actually see you with like sparklers that you're just giving them to this one and this one and this one and this one. And I see the kids that are there with you. And I just hear the Lord saying, this is just the beginning in Jesus' name. Yeah, did I have to try? No. I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. The point is, is that the way that you're wired and the way that I'm wired is a gift to the body of Christ. I'm not, I'm just Rochelle, but Shannon, he's a teacher. I'm not a teacher. You do not want me teaching you. I mean, I'll teach the basics, but you don't want me getting, I tried to home. <laughs> no, I'm saying that because I tried to homeschool my son. It was hilarious. Kip was like nailing jello to a tree. Okay. It was not a very, the two of us are just alike. So it was like, you want to go get some ice cream? Like, a... I mean, it's not good. Want to go to movies? We can learn. I always want to be with the party is the two of us. So. So anyway, okay, so let's get back to where we're going. So, so I have the wiring, but depending on how I manage this gift will depend on how fruitful it is for those that are called to the office. So you can actually be called to a higher level of leadership, but depending on how you steward that and depending on how you manage it will depend on how fruitful you are in that gift. So Ephesians 4 says that leaders are called to equip us. Now, an example is that when I came to the Lord 18 years ago, I was very prophetic, extremely apostolic, right? And extremely prophetic. And I was learning and growing from this guy named Paul Forstner. Shout out to Paul, who was in the office of the prophet in Wilmington. And he taught us so much. And my best friend, Elisa, and I, we worked for a cosmetic company. And we were learning. And so, you know, like everywhere we were going, you know how it is, we're like, ooh, who can we prophesy to? We'd be in the clothing department and like, look, she's looking at a green shirt. She must be prophetic and she doesn't even know it. Oh, she's picking up blue underwear. It's the heavenlies. You know what I mean? Like... I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, but we, but we had so much fun and we were growing and we were, <laughs> we were, <laughs> but we were growing in that. And let me tell you, we were on fire and our sales manager got saved. One of the girls that we, um, we worked with, our area manager got saved. We had so many people that were like getting like lit up with the fire in our chair. We were doing makeup. We'd look at each other. We just start prophesying over people. Now, was I ready to walk in an office? No. Was there room for me to grow in that? Yes. Absolutely. So those in the fivefold ministry equipped me to go to the next place, and now I'm equipping others. Do you have to be in an office to equip other people? Absolutely not. But the office is a different type of leadership. So the fivefold ministry is important because it represents the facets of Jesus. Okay, if we don't have it all, then we're not, we're not operating in the, in the facets of Jesus. So was Jesus apostolic? Was he a prophet? No doubt. Was he an evangelist? I mean, these questions, it's like, we're all like, yes. 
Was he a pastor? He was worried about the one, wasn't he? Was he a teacher? He was in the synagogue teaching before. Yes. So who are we to think that we don't need all of those pieces of the office in order to represent him? We are all called at some point. We all operate in all of these, right? But we lean towards maybe one or two more than the other. But we all are, we all are pastoral, right? We, all, we need to be, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the five-fold ministry. And we're going to talk about what does it look like within the church? And then what does it look like if you have that, that gifting? Okay, let's talk about the apostle. Now, I can speak this because the apostle is, they're going, Okay, they're builders and um, they see it and they, they get heaven's blueprint and they're ready to execute it, right? They get very, very frustrated with the pastor because they're like, if you don't get on with it, right? They, they, it's the truth. I mean, I can tell you for myself, I'm like, if we have to sing Kumbaya one time, can we please go and do something, right? The apostolic person, they're the ones that are going to call it out. They're going to see the gift in you and they're going to cheer you on. They are. They're the ones, they're like... Oh my gosh, Erica, I'm so excited about your show. I can't take it, right? And so it's like, you just see it. And like, you're just like, okay, how do I partner with that? How do I cheer you on? Go, 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 right? That's the apostolic. The apostolic is the one, you know, the apostles, they, they were the ones that went out there. If, you know, they were the ones that started, you know, the whole thing after Jesus died, right? So like, they are the builders. They are the ones that, um, they're going to leave you behind and in the dust if you don't try to keep up with them, Right. And, and somebody who has like the characteristics of somebody apostolic. Now this is not an apostle. This is just some characteristics. Okay. But like Steve Jobs, visionary leader, right? Um, somebody who sometimes people that are in the political sphere are very apostolic, right? They know how to bring people with them. They, they know how to release heaven's blueprints, but they're not, that's not heaven. That's not heaven. Excuse me. Let me clarify so I don't get an email. But you, does everybody understand where I'm going? <laughs> I'm going to get a call from Duncan. What did you say? Like, I'm sorry. Um, and so they see the gifting in others. They understand heaven's blueprint. They're not happy with the status quo. They'll leave you behind because they're the visionaries and they're going. Okay? So then you have the prophet. Now, there's two types of prophet prophets. There's an Elijah prophet and a Moses prophet. Moses was called to one body of people. Elijah went from place to place. Now, somebody in the office of the prophet is called to a nation, a region, or a body of people. They are not there for personal prophetic ministry. They do it, and they're very good at it, but that is not their call. Their call is to see what's ahead, what's coming, right? Call forth the destiny of a nation or a body of people and mobilize. That's what they're called to do. And somebody who is in an office of the prophet should be reproducing something. Okay. If you look at like a Cindy Jacobs or Chris Valentin or, you know, any of these, you see that they're always building. They have a prophetic school. They have this because they have a heart. Prophets see it, right? And they have a heart to grow and grow with the apostolic vision also. Many times people are prophetic and apostolic kind of go hand in hand. Then you have the evangelist. Oh, wait. Oh, one more thing about the prophet. They're very unique. Sometimes they are misunderstood. You know, I was reading Ezekiel and he was like on his laying at his side for 390 days. I'm like, very weird. Okay. But they're very, very unique. And sometimes they're bold truth tellers and they need to learn how to manage uh, themselves a little bit. <laughs> like, 
it's so funny because I, I am a pastor, but I'm not like, that's not my main thing. And so somebody was talking to me about it and I go, I can only like bind up the wounds for a certain amount of time. And then I'm like, okay, we need, <laughs> we got to get this on. We got to get this fixed. Right. I'm going to call, call forth and stuff. So anyway, look at the evangelists. Now the evangelists, they want to be outside of the church, Right. They are very frustrated in the four walls of the church and they don't understand, they don't understand why everybody isn't outside sharing the gospel. They do not understand. They're like, what are we doing in here? We need to be out there. We don't need to be in here. What's wrong with you people? This church is awful. We're not even outside. I'm like, ah, they're either really good about like reaching a felt need, right? Like embrace Durham. They go and they reach a felt need and then they, they, the Holy spirit comes or you have someone that's just like, like, like a hammer. This guy, I was on TikTok. Love it. I was on TikTok and, um, I love TikTok. I was on TikTok and this guy was on there. He's doing worship and he was on there and, um, there was just such an anointing. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was listening to my headphones and he was doing worship. And then he's like sharing his testimony. If you want to accept Jesus. And I said to Shannon, I was on the floor and I was like, the, the anointing is so way down this guy. And people were like, they said, say yes in your name. Yes, 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 yes. There were 260 people that came to Jesus on that thing. I could not believe it. And I felt like the Lord let me see it. He's like, that's the anointing of evangelist. Billy Graham was born that way. Am I right? He had the wiring to be able to do it, but it was up to him what he did to steward it, to bring it into fruition. Right. Um, teacher. Okay. Love the teacher. The teacher's the one that's like, I'm going to read the Greek and the Hebrew. And I'm going to get into every, I'm going to read the NIV, the ESV, the LMNOP. I'm going to read every single, every single version there is. Right? And they get so angry because they're like, Rochelle, that word that you said, that actually, that of actually meant and. And if you look back 25,000 years from now, you will see. And I'm totally lost. And I'm like, I love it. Right. I mean, they're so good at it. They love it. They're very academic. I have, they love to argue too, in a good way. They're like, that's not right. Um, I read this and that and this and that, and I know, and I'm like, it's way over my head. I'm like, okay, teach me. Right. I want to know. I mean, I went to the school of revival. It was two years. I wanted to be three. I love to learn, but am I a teacher? No. Do I need them? Yes. Teachers get very, very frustrated if the word is not in depth. And, and really, really forefront and center as it, we need that. Right. And then you have the pastor, <laughs> the pastor's the one that's like, did you hurt yourself? Oh, my heart is breaking. I can't even take it. Oh my gosh, Rochelle, Rochelle, did you see that person that was sitting in the corner? Why didn't anybody go over there? I'm like, go over there. I gotta go over there right now. I can't believe this church. Nobody cares about anybody around here. Don't they see? You've got people outside the four walls, but they don't even care about the person sitting next to them. Right? It's the truth. It is the truth. It is like, oh gosh. And see, this is why the fivefold ministry is so important in church leadership. Because if the offices don't have everybody together, I can look at something as prophetic and apostolic and I get frustrated because I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And then you have Kelly and Jess and they're like, well, what about the, the people? I'm like, oh, it's really good. I didn't think of that. Not that I don't care. No, I operate in all of these, right? But I'm saying that like we're short-sighted and we look at life through the lens of our gifting. And iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? 
right? So if I'm just looking at everything as a theologian, which is awesome because I need you because I'm not one, but I'm not looking at through the heart of a pastor, what's going to happen? Someone's going to get wounded. We have to have all of us. So what can happen is this. So I am loving the prophetic. I'm like, you know, keep talking about it because I love it. So I'm in there. And then I ask, I don't know, somebody who's, well, let's use something different. Let's say um, there's going to be um, a teaching event where all these academics are going to get together, which I love it so much. I listen to academics all the time, really smart people. I don't know what they're doing, but I want to hear it. I listen to them, don't I, Annie? I listen to like the, what is it I was listening to? <laughs> all kinds of things. What do you listen to? I said, I don't know, but they're really smart. So I just want to listen to them. It's the truth. I can't remember what I was going to say. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, so they're all, they're all these really, really smart people are together. And they're having this academic event. And they're parked in this lane. And they're mad because I'm not parked with them. So I'm parked in this lane. Why aren't you coming to park with me? And what can happen is we forget about a culture of honor that says, wow, you know what, like, well, maybe that person isn't called to be parked there today. I have this event and I really, really want you to come. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, it's not that I don't want to honor that, but I don't feel like that's where I need to be. And then offense rises up because it's like, well, why wouldn't she want to come to my, you know, healing, whatever it is, which is amazing. But I'm like, I just don't feel like that's what I'm supposed to be in this lane right now. But then offense rises up because it's like, well, they're not supporting my thing. But that's not what it is. It's a culture of honor where we say, go, go, go. You're academic, go. Bring it to us. We want to know, right? You're an evangelist. Oh gosh, we need you because there's people that need to accept Jesus. And so what we do is we run together, right? And we create this beautiful thing. And so I want to talk to you about maturity. (laughs) My ruffle little feather here, but it's okay. Jesus, please help me. Give me grace. So Ephesians 3.13 says the Lord wants us to work in, walk in maturity, okay? So until we reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so let's talk about what is maturity, what is it, and what is it not in the office, okay? So we're going to start with the not. So maturity is not that I must be called by a title. If I meet somebody... And I say, hello, Tim. And they say, Apostle Tim. Happens all the time. It's ridiculous, honestly. It's my personal thing. If somebody wants to say that and that's how they honor, that's fine. But if I have to be called by that in order to be recognized, then it could be misguided identity. What that means to me is that, oh, my identity is in my title. You need to know who I am because I don't know who I am. Many times they have positioned themselves in an office they don't belong in. And there's no authority. And let me tell you, that creates wounding. Anytime I hear somebody say, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want to be under authority. I'm like, well, authority isn't there to like control you. Authority is there to equip you. 
And if I, I remember this one person I met with and she had a prophetic word and I was kind of giving her some feedback and she was like, I don't need any feedback. I said, have you had any prophetic training? She was like, no, I don't need any. It's the Holy Spirit. It's my teacher. I was like, well, it's good. The Holy Spirit's your teacher. But let me tell you, humility goes a long way and pride comes before the fall. All right. So Bill Johnson, one thing I love that he says is he goes, when I'm asked to speak, they'll say, do you want to be called pastor, apostle? He's like, just call me Bill. And then they're like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, I want to be known for my gifting and that my fruit, not for my title. And that just spoke to me so much. I was like, and I love what Murray says. He's like, well, you know, some places that's how they are. And I'm not putting that down. I'm saying what's the motive behind it. But we used to talk about that because, you know, we don't go around by like pastor. You don't hear us normally saying pastor Rochelle, pastor Jacob. And Murray said, well, you don't go around saying hello, business owner, Shannon. Right? I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. Take it for what you did. Throw out what doesn't belong to you. I'm just giving you just some ideas here. Okay. So I'm not saying that titles are wrong. I'm saying what is the motive behind it? Right? Nothing wrong with someone saying Pastor Rochelle. But what is the motive behind me needing that? All right. So um, sometimes uh, if somebody is leading from a place of or- orphanage, from an orphan, um, and they don't want to equip you, it's because they're afraid of being replaced or being upstaged by you. Yeah. So well, what do we look for in maturity? What does maturity look like? So maturity looks different. So my personal journey has been a journey of learning maturity. None of us are there, right? I'm just going to give you a little bit of my... Um, so for three years, I worked here for free. And at first, I was like, and the Lord was like, Rochelle, I mean, he's speaking to me very clearly. And he said, I'm sorry, you guys, I keep having a mess with this. He said, um, Rochelle, do you want to do this because you want a paycheck, a title, or a vacation? Or are you doing this for me? In that three years, I learned so much about what it meant to die, what it meant for character and integrity, what it meant to put Jesus first, because truly... I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't a lot of ways, right? But he knew he was working on my identity and my identity could have been wrapped up in being a paid staff. I'm paid staff now, but there was a process for me. So this is what humility looks like before. When I used to get feedback of like from, you know, our leaders, I would be like, my gosh, I'm going to get feedback. I mean, I'm just going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, and, um, it was the Lord, man. He just kept on saying, Rochelle, Rochelle, die quietly, die quietly. And then, but then I started like, really, like, I really surrendered to the Lord and the Lord was like, this is what maturity, you know, he taught me maturity over the years. And this is what maturity looks like. I get down off the platform, get some feedback. We all get feedback, by the way. Every time someone's up here, we get feedback when we get down. And this is what maturity looks like for me over the years. Thank you for the feedback. I genuinely mean it. I do. Thank you for the feedback. I'm honoring that. Let me take this with me. And next time, I'm going to do it the other way. And not now. Now it's just by me really honestly meaning it. I appreciate that. I'm teachable. I'm available. I'm faithful. I don't have it all figured out. 
I celebrate other people. We celebrate other people when they go higher. Look, Jacob gets up here and he does such an amazing job. Orphan says, oh my gosh, he did so good. But honor says, go Jacob. That's great. I I know now there's more for me because we're together in this, right? So there's a difference between a culture of honor and a culture of control. There's a difference between a culture of honor and a culture of pick me, pick me, pick me because I'm better than you, right? There's a difference in that. And so maturity looks like something. And so based on how we steward our gifting and our maturity will be based on the fruit that we're able to bear. How many of us want to bear fruit? Yes, absolutely. So there is value in the whole body, you guys. Everybody here has value, Antoine. It's true. Everybody here has value. Whether Whatever we're doing, God wants us to walk equipped. We get equipped by the five people in the office. We grow, right? And we equip others. It's not a hierarchy to control you. It is leadership to help you soar. Because the people that have done it right, the people that have done, done it right, need to be honored. The Bill Johnsons, the Cindy Jacobs, they have paid a dear price. I can promise you that anybody is on this platform here has paid a dear price. They're not going to just let, you know, it's like I had to, I had to show them that my heart was pure. I had to show them that I was willing to go the distance. I had to show them that like, that I was going to come under authority, even if I didn't understand it because God wanted to do something in me. And out of that is amazing fruit. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's such a culture of honor in it, you know, such a culture of honor in it. So. What would it look like if we were all equipped? What would it look like if we were destiny incubators? That you could lead in your gifting, that you could teach others. Like the chef I was telling you about. Like my friend that's the artist. Everybody stand. So there's a line from The Incredibles. We're going to close with this. <laughs> Who would have guessed it? Anyway, so, you know, they're superheroes, right? And um, so the parents have, like, these amazing powers where they go out and they, like, just do their thing. And their kids, their children are born, and they realize that the children have the same gifting. And the mother's worried about them. And um, she says, the wife says to the husband, but they're just children. And he says, yes, but they're children with power, but it's up to them if they want to use it. Some of you feel stuck today or stifled. Some of you are burning with purpose while others need a fresh fire. And the Lord says, there's been a stalemate in the body of Christ. Many have felt a roadblock. The Lord says the stalemate is over today. I saw a television set and the television set, it was like when you put it on mute and people were talking, but nobody was listening, couldn't hear them. 
It's something that's happened in the United States, but it's something that's also happened within the body from the office of the fivefold ministry, not serving the people. There's been a spirit of intimidation and low self-worth that says your voice doesn't matter. And the Lord wants to dismantle that today. If you want that voice, if you want that dismantled today, and you want the mute button turned off, and you're tired of being stuck in the sideline, I want you to step forward and come to the front right now. This is a prophetic act to say, yes, Lord. And I believe the Lord wants to partner your personal gift with the power of the Holy Spirit today. I believe it with all of my heart that the Lord says some of you have been misdiagnosed and diagnosed with shoes that don't fit you for their own needs. The Lord said this morning, and I'm going to repeat this. He said, I, for those of us that, that, for those of them that want it, I'm going to partner their gifting with the power of my fire. And their wiring will go from regular wiring to a hot wire. Raph, I hear the Lord saying that your wiring has been on hold. It is like you have this wiring of fire and it's like almost like it's been on hold. And the Lord says, it is time. It is time. It is time. And the Lord says, because of your obedience, Raph, because of your obedience, I have trusted you and I will trust you with more glory. There is a new fire that's coming on you right now in Jesus' name. The heaviness and the weightiness of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I hear the Lord saying, Raquel, rise up. Rise up. I see like bread that's being baked. And it's like the yeast is going and it's rising up. And there are times you say, oh, only this much. Only this much, Lord. And the Lord's like, it's time to get the bread out of the oven. (laughs) Where's Antoine? Antoine, the spirit of the Lord says you are called as an evangelist. The Lord says you were called as an evangelist, that he knew that when he formed you in his mother's womb. And the spirit of the Lord says, get ready for an increased impartation of my fire. There's a weightiness coming, Antoine, like you have never experienced. And I speak over you right now. I decree dreams from heaven right now in Jesus name. Yeah, more Lord. He's turning your disappointments into dancing right now. Some of you are standing here and you just feel like nobody has heard you. You've been stuck on the sideline. And the Lord says, get in the game. Chad, there's a call on your life for ministry. 
And the Lord is going to take you through a season of being able to connect with heaven at a higher level. And I see you actually getting your own blueprints of music. I see you actually writing. I see music on a sheet. And I see like music that he's giving you that you're going to write. Thank you, Lord. And it's going to be so weighty and so heavy. It's like people are going to know this is not from the flesh. So I just bless you. And so the Lord's like, as you've been faithful with the little, there's more. And I hear the Lord saying, step into more step. It's like, you're almost short-sighting yourself. And the Lord said, there is so much more. It's almost like you put yourself in a box and the Lord's like, get out of it in Jesus name. Denise, I heard the Lord saying you have a heart of a pastor. You have the heart to serve others. And the Lord says, I have seen you. I have seen the way you've given and 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 given. It's just like, I just, Denise, the Lord says, you have given more than most people give in a lifetime. But the Lord says, there's a treasure. There's a treasure in heaven. Wait, I have a house for you. I see your house in heaven. I see it's fully stocked with so much food. I don't know what that's about, but it's like so many canned goods, so many foods, but they're not canned goods like here. They're like these heavenly, beautiful cans and they like all have their names. Oh, and I heard the Lord saying every time you've sacrificed and given to somebody else, there's been a triple portion for you in heaven of that thing. So Lord, I thank you for that right now, God. I thank you for that right now for Denise. And I just declare the pastor's heart that you will continue to release that right now. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you. More, Lord. More, Lord. You need to catch her. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Guys, I don't know your name, sir, in the, the beige jacket right here. We haven't met yet. This gentleman right here, you want to come up here? Patrick. Patrick, I just hear the Lord saying that you're called to the office of a prophet. Yeah. You're called to the office of the prophet. The spirit of the Lord says, you have a mantle on you as a prophet. And the Lord says, it is time to walk in that. It is time to steward that, says the Lord. And the Lord says, you're like the quiet storm. But as soon as you begin to praise, as soon as it's like, almost like the whole place shakes and trembles when you speak, you know, the prophets of the old Testament, when they spoke the word, it cut deep and he's called you to a no holds bar word. You're not going to be a prophet that's like, oh, this is lovely. You're going to be the one that just, you're just going to be able to break it down and people are going to get free. So I feel like we're supposed to come around him right now. So anybody's around him, we need to put our hands on him and pray for him. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would bring people around him to teach him and train him and equip him in every area of his life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. JJ and Lisa, I hear the Lord saying that he's called you to the tough road. I hear the Lord saying he's called you to the tough road. I see like gravel in front of you, like you're walking down and there's like these stones and the gravel and it's like uncomfortable. But the Lord says, if you can get through the gravel, there's pavement on the other side. If you can get through the gravel, there's pavement on the other side. And I hear the Lord saying, JJ, I've given you a triple portion of my joy. And the Lord says, don't minimize that. That joy is a joy from heaven that he put in you before the foundations of the earth. And it's almost like, well, this isn't very important. Just having joy. No, the Lord says it is a high calling because you shift atmospheres when you come in the room. 
You're an atmosphere shifter. And Lisa, I hear the Lord saying, your heart, your pastor's heart, the Lord says, is incredible. And the Lord says, I'm going to teach you how to steward that gift as a pastor so that you're not walked on anymore in Jesus' name. Well, Lord, we thank you for this today, God. Lord, we, we, we've dismantled today anything that is not of God. We dismantle the lies of the enemy and we just say, we have a plan and a purpose for our lives through Jesus, don't we? I think one last thing we're going to close is I think we need to go through forgiveness from anybody in the fivefold office that's hurt us. So repeat after me, Lord, I forgive those in authority that have wounded me. They owe me nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you guys. Ministry team, you come up front. And then, um, yeah, and I hope you have a great day. I love you guys so much. God bless you.